Friends, would you remain standing for the reading of God's most holy word? Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel according to St. Matthew in the fourth chapter. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. Amen. Please be seated. I see in the bulletin that I missed something when I was proofreading, but I, I, as you can see, I'm not going to make you stand for the, for the sermon. Um, um, and on, speaking of standing for the sermon, I found out the hard way that if I don't have a clock, y'all might be here longer than you want to be. So don't worry, I'm not checking Facebook. I'm just going to set this right here so I'll know that I'm not, I'm not keeping you longer than you want to stay. Um, friends, uh, let, let me say once more... Um, how blessed uh, my family feels and how blessed I, as a pastor, feel to be uh, able to stand up here in front of you this morning uh, to preach God's Word. Um, I just feel so welcome, and I feel the Spirit of God in this place. I hope you do too. And uh, Well, let's look together into God's Word. So when I was trying to decide what to, what to preach this week, you know, coming in with kind of a clean slate, I could have preached on anything, and I thought, you know, maybe I should just pick just the perfect text, the one that's going to help me sort of lay out my whole vision, right? Let you know who I am and show you what I think about ministry and the church and all this stuff, and, and I, I could have done that. Um, I wouldn't have known where to start, but also, I, I just got to thinking, you know, it actually, all that stuff doesn't necessarily matter. I think y'all, y'all will get to know me o- over time. What matters um, is, uh, is Christ and what he has to teach us and what we have to learn from him. And so uh, I decided that what, I, what I'd like for us to do during the remaining weeks of, of Lent, because we're starting on the second week of Lent now, but uh, each, of, each week, including this week for the a total of five weeks, I want to look at um, the temptations of Jesus. Because one of the amazing things about Jesus Christ is that he was tempted just like we are. And yet, what was very unlike us is that though he was tempted, he was the only person who's ever lived who was without sin. And so, not only does that mean that he can be our Savior, not only does that prove his divine nature, but it also gives us a model to follow. It gives us uh, um, strength and inspiration for our own lives. Because we all encounter temptation, do we not? So, the, the first of the, and we're going to be in the gospel of, according to Matthew for all of these weeks. 
And I can see five different times that Jesus is tempted. Now, three of them are in one short passage. Typically, if you would hear this passage that I just read a few minutes ago, you'd keep reading for a few more verses, and you'd see that Jesus is tempted in three different ways in this one instance. We're just going to look at the first of those today. And before we even do that, there's a few preliminary things. But, um, you know, the season of Lent... is the time when we are well, we're focusing in a, in a special way on things like repentance, on things like self-examination, on things like spiritual disciplines, right? prayer and, and scripture reading and, and fasting, self-denial. We're focusing on ways that we can deny ourselves to get more of Christ. You might also think of it that we are journeying along in the wilderness with Jesus. Our text for today uh, is the one that often frames how we think about Lent. It's about 40 days long, 46 days total if you count the Sundays, but it's about 40 days long, Um, just as Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days, fasting and being tempted. And so we're walking with him and we're learning from him. You know, uh, one of the things that Jesus is doing when he's in the wilderness is he's being prepared by his Father for the cross. He's being prepared for his whole ministry, for all the things that he will do, but ultimately for the cross. If you read any of the Gospels, all of the Gospels, you'll find that in each one, everything Jesus does takes him closer to the cross. It's pointing toward the cross because the cross is central uh, to his ministry, to, to, to our lives, to everything. So in the desert, Jesus is being prepared for the cross. He's also being tested, if you will. You know, uh, when, I was, when I was a kid, my 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 brother was, uh, well, he was, the, he was the guy who was always outside, either building something or destroying something. Usually it was the latter. And I was a kid who was inside reading books. One of the things my brother liked to do was he, uh, he, liked, to, to, he liked to make things. He liked to make knives. And so he, start, he tried to learn how to, uh, how, to, how to forge steel, how to forge knives. I never really paid attention to it then, but recently I looked into it to see, like, how do you actually do that? How do you actually forge steel to make a lump of steel become something like a knife, something useful? And there's a lot of steps to it. Most basic steps are uh, you kind of basically make it into the shape you want. But then you do something that, to me, not really being a science kind of guy, is, it seems counterintuitive because you take that knife, that piece of metal, and you put it in a forge, and you heat it up really, really, really hot until it's just glowing with heat. And then what you do is you take it out, and you splash it down into usually oil, some kind of room temperature liquid. Now, to me, I've had enough misfortunes in the kitchen to know that something really hot and hard, when you put water on it, sometimes it doesn't always go so great, right? You end up with your pan is shattered, your coffee pot is ruined. Now you have to go find one that fits or like get a new coffee pot. For some reason, that I'm sure somebody in here could probably could tell us, explain it to us what it is, but for some reason, when you heat that metal and then you put it down in that oil, 
it either ruins it or it makes it stronger. It might crack and you have to start all over or it can become hardened and it will hold an edge and it will cut and it will bend when it needs to and it will stay straight when it needs to and it becomes useful and you can use it for all kinds of things, for all manner of things. That's one way we could think about Jesus being tested in the desert, formed, shaped. He's experiencing intense hunger. I can only imagine a certain level of, of, of loneliness. Most of the rest of his time, we see him, he's traveling around with a big group of of followers, or he's with his family, but here he, he's alone. He's alone with God, yes, but, but he's alone in the desert seeking God and being tempted, we read, by the devil. He's being tested. He's being put through that forge. He's being shaped by his father into something. It's really interesting, if you look just before uh, the story from today, at the end of chapter 3, what you see is, uh, is this, well, it's Jesus' baptism, right? He's gone to John the Baptist, and, and John the Baptist has baptized him, and in chapter 3, verse 16, we read this, when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I'm well pleased. Can you imagine? The heavens opening in your sight, the the Spirit descending on him as though it were a dove, so that he knows the Holy Spirit is with him. Can you imagine hearing the audible voice with your ears of God saying, this is my beloved son, you are my beloved son, and you I'm well pleased? Can you imagine that? I mean, this is the spiritual heights. I can't imagine something like that. And I don't know that you can either, but I bet you can have something similar in your life. I bet for most of you, there's been some time when you felt so close to God for the first time, maybe it was at summer camp, and for the first time you, you experienced something, you, you understood something, you saw something you hadn't before. For the first time you saw yourself in a different way, and you saw God in a different way, and you experienced something. Maybe you don't have words for it. Maybe it was uh, something, on something like a walk to Emmaus, and maybe you went in really not knowing what you were getting, to, getting into, but by the end of those few days... You felt something you hadn't felt before. You felt a, a fire for God. And you wanted to go back, go back home and go back to your church and you wanted to make a difference in the world for Christ because Christ is counting on you. And you know that phrase if you've, if you've been on the wall. Or maybe for you, it was something very different than that. Maybe you're up on a mountain somewhere. I'm from Georgia. We have a lot of mountains there. And maybe you were up on the mountain and you were looking down across a, a valley and just seeing the vastness all spread out in front of you. And for the first time, you just, you, maybe you didn't have words for it. And you just saw the grandeur of God's creation in front of you. And you felt as though we were this close to Him. Now, maybe it wasn't that dramatic. Maybe it was, 
I can't imagine what it might have been for any of you, but, and, and maybe you're someone who hasn't, hasn't had that sense of, of closeness or intimacy or, or something with God yet. And I can tell you that if you seek it, it may not be what you're expecting and it may not be what you would have asked for, but you will find it. But maybe you've had something like that in your life. But I wonder if you had this experience. That after a day or two or a few days, and at first you were, you, it, it, everything seemed different. But then, I don't know, it just sort of kind of went back to normal. And you, got, and you began wondering, well, you know, where did it go? That was nice, but where, like, where did it go? Why couldn't it last? What, did I do something? Like, did I, did I, did I, did I mess it up? Did I drop the ball somehow? Or why is it? And maybe you felt that dryness. You felt the contrast between those moments of, of closeness with the eternal, with God Almighty, and, and your everyday life, and it suddenly felt, I don't know, dry. You wanted to get it back. I think that must be something like, just something like what Jesus experienced in that wilderness. Because imagine, once again, seeing the heavens open, seeing the Spirit like visibly descend on you, hearing with your own ears the voice of your Father, Almighty God. And then you go out into the wilderness alone. And there's no food. It's just you and temptation. And so it, it, maybe, maybe you're in that place right now where you remember there was a time when you were excited about all of this, when you remember there was a time where it seemed very real, but maybe, maybe you're, you just don't feel it anymore. And you wonder what happened. Now, it could be, it could be that there is something in your life. Maybe there is some barrier you're putting between yourself and God. It's making it seem distant. Maybe there is something, that, that, some sin that's in between you that you're putting in your own way. But maybe not. You see, because when, when, when Jesus was in the desert, when he was in the wilderness, when he was driven, if I look in the version in Mark, it doesn't just say that he was led into the desert. It says he was driven out into the wilderness. Maybe when Jesus found himself out there, alone, with a tempter, maybe, maybe you're like something like where he was. Because remember, he was being shaped for something. He was being prepared for his ministry. God was using this as a testing God, his father was putting him into the forge so he could be hardened and prepared to do everything that he did in the name of his father and everything he did for us. Because remember, he was going to the cross where he would suffer and he would die for you and for me and for every person who would trust in him. Maybe God's preparing you for something. Maybe you're in the forge right now. Maybe your wilderness is a, a training ground for something that the Lord has for you. I'm, I'm going to do it again. I'm going I'm to have to skip some more of my notes. You'd think with a note card only this big of notes that you'd be able to get through it all in the amount of time. I've got to discipline myself. Friends, with all of this in mind, 
We, not, we, come, we come as quickly as I can to, to this temptation. As you read this, a tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. If you are the Son of God. You see, this is how the tempter does it. Remember all the way back, if you remember the story from the Garden of Eden. And God has said to Adam and to Eve, you can have any tree that you want, just, just not that one in the middle of the garden. But then the tempter comes to Eve and she says, did God really say you couldn't have anything from the garden? Did God really say? This is the same old trick he's up to here where he says, if you are the Son of God, because you see, this is, how, this is what happens. There's just that little bit of, just, just that doubt. It's like, oh, well, if you're the Son of God. Command these stones to become loaves of bread. Apparently, he thinks that he can trick Jesus with this. I don't know. And he can't trick Jesus with this, but sometimes I think he can trick us. I know he, he's tricked me plenty of times. And gets me to choose the thing that I know is bad for me, to choose the thing that I know is going to put something between me and God. And I end up choosing that rather than what God has prepared for me. I bet you've been there too. And that's what he wants Jesus to do. But what does Jesus say? But he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth. God. He's saying you can't trust that voice that says, if you're really the Son of God. You can't trust that voice that says, well, you can't really be sure about all this, so just, 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 just do what makes you feel good. Because who really knows? You can't trust that voice. But you can trust the promises of God. <clears throat> You can trust the, the truth of God. You can trust the, the path that God has laid out for us to, to walk. And in the place where, where each and every one of us, I think, would have failed, we would have fallen for the trick. Jesus did not. What does this mean for us? Friends, maybe you, maybe you think there's, there's no way that I, I, I can really ever live up to what God expects of me. There's no way that I can let go of that one thing, that one thing that I know is bad for me, but I just keep going back to it over and over again. That one thing that I know is whatever it may be in your life that is just destructive, but it, it, it just, I, but I, I just, it draws me in every time, whatever that is. <clears throat> no, there, there's one who's done it for you. There's one who has withstood every temptation for you. There's one who was tested in the wilderness for you and did not give in. There was one who walked this earth and never once fell for the things that we do. And when he went to the cross, he made it so that it, that could be yours. This is what Paul says in 2 Corinthians. He says, 
God made him, Christ, to be sin for us, that we might be the righteousness of God in him. Our Lord is one who lived the perfect life so that if we trust in him, all our failures, all of our sins, covered up by His righteousness. Thanks be to God for what He shows us here in His Word. Would you pray with me? Holy God, thank You that while we alone are susceptible to fall for just about anything, oh Lord, but You, You love us anyway and You forgive us anyway. And you came to us in your son to die for us anyway. Thank you, O Lord. Keep this in, in our mind. May we never be discouraged. May we never give up because of what he did for us. In Jesus' name, amen.